Is that it? Welcome. Welcome to episode two. I'm Corey. No, you're not. I'm Chris. He's Chris, and he's a wiener breath. Yeah, you're a wiener. <laughs> um, welcome to Tough Shit. We're doing it. Yeah, we're trying is... it again. Yeah, we uh, we had one little dumpster fire, episode one, and why not have two? And maybe you'll notice this time that we're coming out of both of your speakers. Yeah, we, uh, we fucked with the audio a little bit, so hopefully it sounds better. So I told you my mom liked that when she was in the car. She's like hearing one of us from one speaker, the other from the other. And said, I don't think that's how it's supposed to work. No. But I think well, this if, one's going to Well, if you're the better. person who lost one of your earbuds. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, just I just hear this one jerk like, off talking. He just like, stops talking for a minute, and then he comes back in. It's like he's talking to somebody, but I don't know who. <laughs> yeah, we uh, probably lost them. Um, yeah, yeah. So, well, you want to you wanna jump right into it? Well, real quick before we do, uh, just tell everyone if you want to keep up with us. Oh, that's right. Yeah, big news. We have an Instagram if you want to follow us. It is at TSPodcastOfficial on Instagram. Come over and give us a follow, and we'll uh, try to keep you up to date, I guess. Corey's doing a good job. I'm not good with my phone, so yeah, he's I, on I'm not top much of that. better. It's a miracle we've got. No, you're this doing a nice job. Um, yeah, well, anything else? No, this is episode two. This okay. is vacation. Ooh. What could be so bad about a vacation? Well, that's the whole point, is you're supposed to enjoy your time on vacation and yeah, your time off from work and all that, but... How many times do you talk to people and they say, oh, you know, how was your vacation? Oh, it was horrible. I, I got a flat in the rental and the dog got sick in the car and blah, blah, blah. Twice a day easily. All year. I hear somebody <laughs> say that. So, yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, pretty book, often. You know, double booked flights or whatever. You got to sit next to some asshole on your flight. or yeah, boo fucking who. Yeah. Yeah. You, you hear a lot of complaining when it comes to something that's supposed to be enjoyable. I get stressed out on vacation. I don't mean to. I'm not sure what it is, but I don't know. The, well, dr- you're, you're far from home, so you got that That's the anxiety idea, going a little bit. But I guess. Uh, I've had some bad vacations, though, too. Uh, I've, I don't know. I guess I, I have had one. Well, I, I have a story from one. but uh, Can you tell me? I'll tell you. Okay. If you tell me a quick little All right. personal story. Uh, you've already heard it, but I'll tell you again. Go ahead. Okay, you know this story. All right. You know the well, one. Let's just skip it. Well, everyone else doesn't know. Oh, it. all right. So, this little uh, trip was probably about ten years ago now. Close nine years. Was I there? You were definitely there. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, we went to the Adirondacks. Oh yeah, a whole bunch of us, a, a group of mid twenty something, and we're gonna go on a camping trip. And uh, we decide to get our little paddle boats and our kayaks and go out to an island on a reservoir because that makes the most sense. And we did. We all floated out there with our cases of beer. and. Oh, yeah, we're not real campers. Oh, no, no, no. We're a bunch of wannabe hack campers, especially back then. No one really <laughs> – no one took it that serious. Well, maybe one or two. but So long story short, we're – out there, we are on an island. So we all had to paddle out on this little island. And one of our friends was a smartass in the nighttime, cause, and he was being loud. And I believe it was your wife who said, hey, you need to keep it down. We're in the middle of fucking nowhere. And he goes, oh, I'm being too loud. I'll show you loud. So he decides to pull out his handgun and shoot it into the water. Yeah, looking back, very irresponsible. Oh, yeah, it was it was a foolish choice, but... And it was in the evening, so we thought, oh, whatever, he shot his gun into the to the reservoir, and he made a big loud noise, and ha-ha, whatever. The next morning, I wake up, I look out onto the water, and he shot my boat. <laughs> right through the bottom of it. That's right. No, it went through the back, through the back seat, through the bottom, oh, ricocheted yes. back up, and stopped in the front seat. It had like four holes in one shot. Yeah, it was... <laughs> Didn't, but, they, didn't they do a History Channel documentary on it? There's a conspiracy theory around it. No, no, they didn't. But uh, so, yeah, my boat got shot while we were on an island, but I was a smart fella and decided to bring uh, JB Weld, like the Aqua JB Weld. So we were able to repair it and float back. So now you didn't even take the boat back, though. Wasn't it Mandy and a couple other I friends? made the gentleman who shot oh, it. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. It. 
Yeah. Yeah. They said you're and my wife. I said you're no panel. reason. <laughs> I'm taking here the, with them. I'm on the only boat that had a motor. This the was time. the same vacation. I think you spent good portion of it naked. Middle of the day. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, we got on that island and everyone just lost their shit. Like and you just lost, well, yeah, you just lost your clothes. <laughs> Al lost or well, we're not doing names. Oh we? no, no. Oh. John, how oh, no. another one? Fuck yeah! Uh, th- another one. Al had food, food poisoning, poisoning the yeah, whole time. Yeah, yep. he had food poisoning. I think uh, John was sick too. Yeah, you made that. Uh, you I don't probably got sick. If you remember, you made the s'more out of uh, Oreo. Yeah, uh, pretty much pop tarts. Yeah, I went into a diabetic coma. Yeah. So, but that was a a very rough vacation. If you want to, so you're it saying that. that that was tough. Yeah. Kind of, I guess. I you, I mean, I took it in stride. You know that. I had a lot of fun. All I could say was I turned around and said, you shot my boat. So, and he did. And yeah. he did. But so, we made it back. It that wasn't, was, you were there. Yes. yes. It wasn't. Maybe, maybe I'll put a picture from that vacation on our Instagram. I know which one. Yeah. I, I yeah. All right. I do. won't say anything. Okay. All right. So what horrible, no good <laughs> vacation experience have you had in the past? I was very fortunate. I'm still very fortunate as far as trips go um growing up we always went camping a whole lot my family yeah. was big into vacations i didn't appreciate it as much then as i do now um but let me think of a couple but you're so tough. smart when you're a kid you know you know everything who kids me? in general oh i was a dipshit oh yeah but <laughs> um i guess off the top of my head things that, that bothered me on vac- we did uh a backpacking and kayaking um trip it was like 30-some miles up in Canada. And, like, shouldn't have done it. And looking back, like, this was, yeah, I, like, I think I remember like you telling me this one. 12, 13 years ago yeah. or something like that. And Mandy and I went, we didn't camp. You know what we did. We just drank beer. That was it. <laughs> and barely made it to work. So we went on this trip. And it was awful. Yeah. And there's portages. That's when you walk between bodies yeah, of water they need to rename those to drag your boat here yeah it was yeah it was it wasn't we were unprepared mm-hmm. and uh the one thing i always remember about it is they had these things called privies in the woods and it was oh, just yeah, i remember all it was, yeah, was yeah. some i don't know it was a park ranger they go out there and dig a hole and they put a box over it with a hole in the box and so you have to prop yourself up to poop i shit all over my hand because <laughs> i had my That's hand true. underneath and I, because yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't even like a normal sized hole. It was as big as this pop filter. If you could see this pop filter, it's like a it's ice five cream five inches, six inches. Yeah, imagine putting your hand over an ice cream bowl and shitting on it. <laughs> Try that's not to miss. It, yeah, that's what it was. But I, that's I always think of that. It's pooping on my hand. Pooping on your hand on but, vacation. Yeah, but other than that, no, I don't know. We have, we have a good time for yeah. the most part. Um, that, I, I try to now. Growing up, I appreciate when I'm on vacation and. You know, take it for what it is. Like, you're supposed to be enjoying yourself. You didn't enjoy it before because you were a kid and you didn't work. You went to school. You didn't even do much there. You yeah, didn't you would, I don't think kids should go on vacations. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. What the fuck have they done during a goddamn trip? <laughs> Nothing at all. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, you're getting salty about Oh, that. boy. <laughs> but children, children on vacation got you worked. And I have a right because <laughs> I don't have any kids. <laughs> it's my right. So who's a better expert? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what a guy. Well, I think today... We have some stories of we, people who maybe could complain. A yes, we do have a s- couple stories. I know mine anyway. I haven't heard Chris's yet, so I haven't heard Corey's either. Uh, so it's we'll we'll see some real hardships associated with vacationing, or vacations, or whatever that's associated with a time you're supposed to be enjoying away and from some, home. Yeah. If you hear that click, now I have I'm having tea. I'm trying to be quiet about it. Uh, I, I really bet that our listeners, all twelve of them, are upset by our audio quality. You think we got twelve people listening? Or our professionals? Uh, yeah, maybe. Hmm. I think. <laughs> I, I think that's optimistic. Yeah, right. Uh, but I, I will say, in in researching this, you can come across a lot of people who have had really bad vacation things. Uh, really bad vacations happening, like. Uh, you know, there's been what the hell was I looking at here? You can get car wrecks or plane crashes. You get robbed on vacation, it, shit like that. Like that still happens. That's not. Are you sure? 
Yes. It's never happened to me. I'm sure. I don't. Okay. Well, most people are out in, aren't in the middle of the Canadian wilderness looking at some guy shitting on his hands saying, I bet he's loaded. <laughs> We've gone to Delaware. Okay. Yeah. That was... is, that a, is that a rough and tumble state? <laughs> Where did you go? In Delaware? Rehoboth. Rehoboth Beach? Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear that's pretty bad. The a, lot of gang, a lot of gang violence in Rehoboth Beach. I guess not. <laughs> so. Groceries were expensive. Oh, shit. Well, that kicks off the whole getting into it. We're into let's vacation. Let's do it. Yeah, right. let's hear some cool shit. Do you want to go first? Doesn't matter to me. <clears throat> I got it up if you want me Why to Why don't go. you go first because we okay. got, I got a scratchy throat. I'm drinking some tea. I'm hoping by the time you're done I can talk a little You want bit. me to rub your tummy and caress your shoulders too? Can you reach you... from over there? I'll come around and whisper the story into your ear the whole time. Let's just shut these mics off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> What were you doing in 2001? Um, uh, I was taking a CAD class, and it didn't lead to anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I was 17 years old and in my junior year of high school. Oh, yeah. So my priorities, in no particular order, were finding cheap beer, playing PlayStation, driving around, listening to Slipknot and Corn. Before uh, they had podcasts. Long before they had yeah. podcasts. Uh, talking about, but not getting laid. Mm-hmm. And heading down to the res so I could buy my can of Copenhagen underage. So there's a good chance that I didn't hear about this story when it happened. So, now some will say there's nothing like a tropical vacation. To relax, unwind, and enjoy the beauty of nature. This was the sentiment that Martin and Gracia Burnham had when they decided to celebrate their 18th wedding anniversary at the Dos Palmas Resort that's located... How many palms were there? It's just Dos Palmas. Okay. <laughs> that's located on the island of Palawan in the Philippines. Uh, Martin and Gracia are a deeply religious couple from Kansas who up until this point in their lives had devoted themselves to the church and made careers of doing missionary work in the Philippines for New Tribes Mission, which I didn't know you could have a job full-time being a missionary. I always, they paid them? Yeah. I always thought it was just like high school kids like, oh, we're going down to build huts for poor people here. Like, No, these guys were the real deal as far as missionaries go. Full-time, lived there, everything. Who paid them? New Tribes Mission. Oh. Yeah. So where did they get paid from? Okay, I know this is a deep hole. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. going down the rabbit hole of mission. Okay. <clears throat> um, but Martin was a pilot, and Gracia ran the radios. So for them to take a vacation and enjoy time to themselves was probably well-deserved. Now, there's always some risk associated with vacationing on a tropical island, such as poisonous spiders, bad water, snakes, and tainted food. But militant Islamic extremists usually isn't at the top of that list. That's the first thing I would have thought of. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> On your tropical vacation? Yeah. Some dude running in <laughs> running in, in a Hawaiian shirt screaming Allah Akbar? <laughs> <laughs> so, on May 27th, 2001, at around 4 a.m., a group of Abu Sayyaf fighters raided the island resort by boat and took 20 hostages in the name of their cause. Two of those hostages being Martin and Gracia Burnham, who were just trying to have a nice vacation. Oh, those poor fuckers. Right? After being taken from the resort on two smaller boats, all the hostages were moved onto a larger fishing boat and were floated around for five days before being offloaded onto the island of Basilan. It's a known stronghold of the Abu Sayyaf. Now, this is still in the Philippines? Yes. And there's a lot of islands. Yeah, it's a big right? you know network of islands, yeah. island nation sort of deal. And apparently the southern part's kind of rough and Sketchy. tumble. Yeah, that's where Basilan is. Uh, and it was their, their stronghold because in their, their safe space because terrorists need safe spaces too, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so while we're on the topic, I'll give you a little insight into the Abu Sayyaf. They're a group of militant Islamic extremists who are spread throughout the Philippines, and they are known for kidnappings and holding people ransom. They're also fucking stupid. <laughs> because they're mostly made up of uneducated shit livers who are easily persuaded and are more often blinded by the greed of ransom money than actually fighting for their cause. 
Not to mention that a large part of their forces are made up of teenage boys. You know, which, you know, when I was a teenager, that makes sense. I knew everything, so <laughs> why not join the, lo- the local fucking rebel group? <laughs> but really, at the end of the day, they're just... There's, it's one of those typical groups of the guys at the top are fairly smart and know how to persuade people. And they're taking advantage of, of people who, who are, don't have anything or are looking for Yeah, a, have uh, nothing to lose, yep. literally, and are dumb. So that, uh, that was their whole deal, the rebel without a clue. Uh, and a quick side note to speak to their intelligence. The night they raided the Dos Palmas Resort, they only did that because they got lost looking for a different resort that had super rich people no on way. it. Yeah, but they didn't know how to properly use their GPS or read the maps. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so they raided a resort for poor people? No, it was just like a, an average resort. Okay. But apparently, they were looking for a resort that was known for having millionaire, billionaire types Instead on it. Instead, they found like they just, you and I. The, yeah, if, if, we if you wanna, and I if were we vacation, want a vacation there, yeah. We, they would have got us and been really disappointed. <laughs> so, so they go to the wrong resort. Yep, and and take these four people. Uh, once on Basilan, the hostages were moved through the jungle and eventually wound up in the city of Lamatan, where the Abu Sayyaf raided a local hospital and moved all the hostages inside. Well, when you make a big stir like that and raid a hospital in a small city, it didn't take long, and they were completely surrounded by the military. And for the next three days, it would be a complete shit show. It was on and off gun battles, mortar fire, wounded hostages, wounded fighters, half-assed hostage releases and escapes. And it ultimately ended with the Abu Sayyaf and several hostages breaking free from the military and escaping into the jungle. Yeah, they, they were completely surrounded. Together? Yeah. They, like they left with their hostages? Or, they okay. took all the hostages, yes. Um, now... Knowing that they needed ransom money, but having no good plan, wind up aimlessly hiking through the jungle with the Burnhams and the remaining hostages until later on when they formally make their demands over the local radio waves, which they do. And surprisingly, the demands are not met. So, wait. (laughs) What? I just... So the demands are going over the radio. Yes, they, they got in contact with a local radio station that was sympathetic to them. Oh. And they, they made their demands. Like, okay. these are our demands. We have all these people. What do they normally play on the radio station? <laughs> I don't know. Filipino music. I mean, they'll put, like, school closings on ours sometimes. <laughs> yeah, Filipino yeah imagine that when there's a snow closing of the school. It's like, oh, the school's closed today, and they're asking $2.5 million <laughs> for, the, for the local hostages. <laughs> no. So the demands aren't met. So what do they do? They decide to behead one of the hostages to show they're not fucking around. They chose Guillermo Sobero to be their victim, who was the only other American hostage taken from the resort. After beheading Mr. Sobero and leaving his body behind, the Abu Sayyaf round up their hostages and head off into the jungle once again. For the next several months... The Burnhams and the remaining hostages would be forced around Basilan as prisoners, enduring brutal hardships created by the jungle setting, such as constantly having leeches on their bodies, dealing with venomous snakes, infected mosquito bites, fevers, and diarrhea from various jungle sicknesses, all while having to deal with the occasional beheading of a hostage, starvation, hiking until their feet bled, witnessing forced marriages between hostage and captor and the nonstop pursuit from the Filipino military, which would result in deadly gun battles between the two groups. <clears throat> so it was a hell on earth for the Burmans and the other hostages for months. The whole time this is going on, the U.S. government's well aware of the Burnham situation, and the FBI was working with the Filipino government to figure out a plan of extraction or negotiation of some sort which was obviously going nowhere. It wasn't until after the terror attacks against the U.S. on September 11th, 2001, that the U.S. government would finally get serious about rescuing the Burnhams. That's when there was big policy changes, obviously, Mm -hmm. toward terrorism. And this this had got some traction in the media before, but after 9-11, it was big to do. They're like, oh, we need to get these people rescued. Probably would have looked good, too. Yeah, 
And not to mention, this was a big push because the group of Abu Sayyaf fighters holding them captive were buddy-buddy with another group of shit-heeled morons known as Al-Qaeda. Oh. They had trained together. So they were, <laughs> they put a big target on themselves. So now the heat was really on for the Abu Sayyaf, which led them deeper into the jungle. So probably lucky for the hostages that these dipshits were associated with Al-Qaeda? <laughs> to an extent, yes. Yeah. So it got more attention. Yeah. It got more attention brought to them, and uh, it, it really led to more activity in getting them. But this is not exactly great news for the Burnhams. You'd think it would be. They are getting the attention because the Philippines military, or also known as the AFP, the Armed Forces of the Philippines, got a lot of their training from the 1985 film Commando starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh! <laughs> not really, but oh. from what I gather. Uh, because these guys would just literally blast full auto and toss grenades toward whatever they saw moving. They would be rolling through the jungle, see a group of armed people, and just unload on them. And come to find out later, they were mercenaries that they were paying to help them find <laughs> the hostages. <laughs> so now the pressure is on, and they're getting U.S. assistance. The AFP begin to strike on the Abu Sayyaf positions with attack helicopters and A-10 warthogs, literally dropping bombs on their location, which somehow... The Burnhams and their captors survived most of these attacks. So they were always getting in these on and off gun battles with the AFP. And this time now it's like now they have heavy, heavy artillery and shit that they can at their disposal. So <laughs> right? sounds awesome. Yeah, this is great. Like, oh, we're going to get <laughs> rescued who the, now. <laughs> are, who would complain about this? It's like an action movie and your yeah. vacation got extended by like eight months. <laughs> If, the, if that's if the, talk about the eternal optimist right yeah, there that's right go. <laughs> so after 10 months of hiking brutal jungle terrain getting sick as hell borderline starving and being pursued by the afp on the jungle island of basilan the abu sayyaf and their hostages travel by boat to the larger island of mindanao part of this move was due to the fact that someone had paid the burnham's ransom and they were awaiting payment. So they were moving them, getting them closer to a civilized area to make an exchange. But because the Abu Sayyaf is mostly made up of wannabe fuckhead criminals, the ransom money was pretty much stolen within their own ranks. And the group moving the Burnhams around saw very little of that money, which was a massive blow to Martin and Gracia getting freed. And the couple were to remain hostages of the Abu Sayyaf <clears throat> until more money was paid. How are they not catching these dipshits? Right. Who's, who's going after them that they just can't handle it? <laughs> Apparently the AFP was pretty rough at proper huh. hostage extractions. I guess. Um, <clears throat> so after a few months, a few months after the botched ransom payment, on the rain-soaked day of June 7th, 2002... High into the treacherous terrain of Mindanao, Martin and Gracia Burnham were taking refuge from the rain with their captors, when all of a sudden gunfire erupted. Having been caught in the crossfire of 16 gun battles already, the Burnhams rolled from their hammocks and hit the deck like so many times before, but this time was different. Due to the crack shots within the AFP, Gracia was shot in the leg and Martin was shot in the chest. The two lay in the mud while bullets flew overhead, grenades exploded around them, and sadly, a few moments later, Martin's body went limp, and he died laying next to his wife, Gracia. Jesus Christ. Right? The AFP were able to fight off the Abu Sayyaf captors and rescue Gracia, who was immediately flown to a hospital to get treatment for her gunshot wound. After being held captive for 376 days, oh my God. Gracia Burnham was finally free. She is alive and well today and lives in Kansas with her family. She does speaking events, and you can find some of them online. And she wrote a book about her ordeal, and it's called In the Presence of My Enemies. And it's a good read. Is I that what you've been reading? That's the book okay. I got to do a lot of the research for this. And I'll tell you, I left out a ton of stuff. These are like the main 
points yep. of the story, but it is an amazing book. Just hearing the shit that they had to deal with this whole time. And <clears throat> it, it was just horrible. Like, you have it, or is it from the library? I returned it. Okay, so yeah. I could get it. You could. Okay. Yeah, it's back up in the library if you want to get it. Uh, she said it was her faith in God and the love of her husband that got her through the kidnapping. Because they were missionaries. They yeah. were very religious people. And there's a lot of religious quotation and stuff throughout this. And it was just, I, I don't know how the hell they did it. There's no fucking And then to way. go on afterward. Yeah. Because I'm guessing, well, yeah, she saw her husband die. Yeah. Jesus. Right Christ. next to her. Yep. Wow. So next time you're having the worst vacation ever, nothing's going right. Just be glad you're not being forced through the jungle at gunpoint, covered in mosquito bites, and ultimately watch your loved one die by your side. Wow. That was my story today. Have you heard anything about that? Never heard that. I'm I've sure a lot of people have, you know, if people who paid attention in 2001 weren't shithead teenagers. <laughs> wow. Oh, I didn't give a shit about anything. Yeah, I know. Anything in the news, but... I have so much appreciation for the shit they went through. It's just that's insane. It is insane. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and well, I guess I can't. I can't say anything to relate to that at all. Ever? No, 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 no vacation that I've ever had has been that bad. And like when we got the we got a trip through work. Remember when Mandy and I went to Aruba? Yeah. yeah. And it was very nice. It was at a resort, and on our bus ride in, like seeing everybody. Yeah, like as you're driving through the real neighborhoods, and like I've heard a lot of those resorts. Boy, this are looks like <laughs> sketchy. They as don't shit. look rich. When it, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, wow. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, that is. That's a real downer on Halloween, Corey. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, it's a tall. Yeah, well, you forgot to mention today it's is Halloween. Halloween. It's Halloween. Hey, happy Halloween. Yes, yeah, happy Halloween to everyone. Halfway through the I show, I hope you're all happy now. Yeah, I hope that raised your spirits. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like you <laughs> oh and some of the stuff that went on during this you would have been in hell because snakes spiders no spiders? the shitting situation oh yeah they didn't just let you wander off into the jungle to use the bathroom all willy-nilly they had a guard pretty much watch you and they had i can't remember the name of it but it was pretty much a big piece of fabric that they used as like their like a dress and a cover and everything they would just hold it out kind of around them and squat down in this thing and go to the bathroom and stand back and try to clean themselves up the best they could all while being guarded while you're shitting in this tarp thing, this like cloth, big cover. Is this the same dress they used for the forest marriages <laughs> or no? I don't. That's, 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 that's mind blowing me that these guys, these degenerate pieces of shit. Yeah. Murdered these people and did all this. Mm -hmm. but they kept some propriety like well they're that's the thing they're they were hardcore muslims oh, so okay. they like they would not see any skin of a woman like they the women had to cover themselves the best they could uh you know if they wanted to bathe <clears throat> they had to go in the river with their clothes on and bathe under their clothes the best they could and get out and drip dry that's oh, how shit. you got a, a bath wow yeah, it was it was horrible. And they had like hardly any food. They would have to wait for resupplies. So they were doing bushcraft traps and things like that and fishing. They were getting That's were, impressive. Yeah. We're watching alone right now. Yeah. And I so, haven't started it yet. We, it's we need it's to. actually very good. Um but I mean some of those guys they're like on their own. They don't mm -hmm. last 40 50 days. I can't yeah. imagine spending Ten a months year. or no more than a year in the jungle with a bunch of these morons. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Wow. It was uh, it was really really hard, and I I feel for these people who went through that. Because What's the name of the book again? It is in the presence of my enemies. Hmm. Well, that's that's great. Yeah. I'm really. So well, now that I, I've now that I, I've cheered the mood up. Well, yeah, mine's not quite so. Not, not I mean, so dark. Yeah, it's pretty dark. Okay, but. I well, guess get into it. Let's let's make okay. it happen. I'm all I'm all done. All right. And it might be over long. And if it is, I'm sorry. I hope we haven't lost anybody. Um I went a little overboard with it. This subject just rabbit holes and just uh, You keep you, well, you haven't told me anything there's about it, but yeah. So much uh -huh. to it. <clears throat> okay. 
And yeah, because if anybody actually listened to the first episode, I didn't prepare at all. No, yeah, yeah, no script, no story. I had like a few notes and some tabs open. This time I actually wrote something. So here it goes. And you can interrupt whenever you want. Okay. All right. I'm pretty excited about this. Although I'm feeling... Oh, I'm going to get a little closer. How's that? You can move the mic toward you too, you know. All right. (laughs) You want to sit back a little. Here, let's, uh, let's try that. All right. So my original idea, I think I told you, was... I was going to do the 1916 Jersey Shore Shark Attacks. Yes, yes. Which, because I read a book about it like three or four years ago, mm-hmm. and it was really good. But I decided since there was a whole book on it, there was no way I could just, you know, get it down to like 10 minutes. That's the hard part with any of this research. So, so after X-naying the 1916 Jersey Shore Shark Attacks is my story because it was just way too much to cram into about 10-ish minutes. Though it's a killer story. Um... I picked another subject entirely. This is supposed to be a simpler uh, simpler story, quick to research, and boil down to a tight quarter hour of me sounding like I know what I'm talking about. It didn't work. I've become overwhelmed and should have just stuck with a man-eating shark. <laughs> this dawned on me last Sunday night after four hours at the kitchen table with 15 tabs open, a spanking new National Geographic subscription, and finally having to put my glasses on to read the barely legible keys to the three or four San Francisco gambling and prostitution maps I've got up. Wait, what? Yeah. All right. I was going to print one off for you, and I might still do it. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I just finished writing this an hour ago, so I didn't have time. <laughs> I, I had this done, like, Tuesday. <laughs> it's been three weeks. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> what's a prostitution map? I don't know what a prostitution map is, but I know what Craigslist used to be. What did it used to be? It oh, for <laughs> prostitutes. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Actually, I think uh, they were called vice maps. Okay. Because they, I'm going to have my hands everywhere for this. So no you better boy. hope I don't knock something over. Actually, I think they were called vice maps because they were covered a bevy of fun stuff, not just the oldest profession. Namely, with these particular maps, I'm looking at a street view of 1880s Chinatown. A map you'd like close at hand if you were to spend an afternoon gawking at the Chinese, milling about a Joss house, or spare yourself the embarrassment of stumbling into a whorehouse, expecting a selection of prostitutes of the Asian variety, only to be disappointed by a sea of dumpy white women. <laughs> Wait, so, so the whorehouses, like, were advertised? color-coded. Oh, oh, really? Yep. They, yep. Were, they would be advertised as, like, oh, women Some, from the Orient, and you'd walk and in and it's just a bunch of local white chicks. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's actually pretty handy. False advertisement, then. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, you could be very disappointed. <laughs> I'm going to call the BBB on these vice maps. The Better Business Bureau. <laughs> you know, I, I, got, I paid good money for this whore map. <laughs> and I walk in, and it's a bunch of dudes. <laughs> it's actually, they are pretty neat, and they actually still look really good. Yeah. Even this old. And the best, the only ones I could find were from San Francisco. Okay. And none of this story has anything to do with San Francisco. But I just like the idea that I found yeah. the spice maps from San Francisco. So, uh, yeah. Um, namely, this, yeah, so we're, so we're uh, let's see. Well, you walked into the wrong place, didn't you? Yeah. Pull out your vice map, friend. There's your mistake. The Chinese establishments are highlighted in green. The whites are in blue. An easy mistake to make. Best keep that map out, though. Where are you off to next? A gambling hall while your wits are still about you? Or do you steer yourself towards one of those yellow buildings that are optimistically labeled as opium resorts? So if you were colorblind, you were fucked. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they really call them resorts. Yeah. No matter Uh, what you decide, you're likely to find... (laughs) Uh, That's what they call the underside (laughs) of bridges. The the opium resort is the closest this story is going to come to your story. (laughs) The, uh, yeah. Oh my god. The only opium resort around here is the underside of a bridge. <laughs> oh fuck. Uh, so, no matter what you decide, you're likely to find fun and adventure on your weekend getaway, and your handy vice map is here to help. Whether you're prowling the streets of Chinatown, getting high as balls in the five points of Manhattan and watching a good hanging, or maybe looking for some nausea inducing back alley sex in Whitechapel on London's East End. You're in for the time of your life, my friend, because you were about to be swept up by the 19th, one of the 19th century's grossest pastimes, a vacation suitable only for the most dignified and well-to-do. Leave your moral compass at home. You'll need it not. You are going slumming. All right. 
oh boy, slumming. <laughs> this was a thing. Like I've heard oh, the term, like yeah. oh, we're going slumming, and that's all I'd ever heard. Yeah, like, that's uh, you hear that phrase. And I, was like, I, I don't know if it's slumming jokes, but I don't know. I don't know what the fuck anything. Like it was real, and people didn't feel bad about it. <sighs> also known as slum tourism, ghetto tourism, poverty porn, or hanging out with Corey. Slumming is wait, 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 wait. What was that last one? Poverty porn. Now, now after that. Oh, hanging out with you. Oh, am I slumming? I'm wearing are you, shorts. Are you slumming right now? You're wearing a flannel. And you haven't shorts. had a haircut in a while. I'm being frugal. <laughs> okay, it's not that. Go bad, on. Uh, <laughs> slumming has been a go-to time killer in all-around good times since the 1880s. Originally gaining in popularity among the upper crust in London. Slummers would venture into the neighborhoods of the downtrodden to gawk, poke, prod, and sometimes even partake in some of the vice themselves. Those were in air quotes. So this is like the um, the really mean version of just people watching. Exactly. Okay. Like the people. Like when you go sit outside of a Walmart or something. People at Walmart. To, yeah. If these people had people at Walmart, then maybe they wouldn't have done this. <laughs> okay. Like they were into some weird shit. Uh, it's sounding like that. They're like though. watching. Yeah, but I won't. Okay. Go on. Because yeah. um, this is already going to take a while. Uh, let's see. I'll try not to interrupt you. <laughs> you can interrupt all you want. Uh, those, yeah. So this was hardly vice for the people that actually lived in these neighborhoods. What inspired curiosity and outsiders was simply survival for those put on display out in the streets. Drug use and drunkenness might sound like a fine time on a Saturday for you or I, or just a Tuesday for Corey. Yeah, because okay, that's the last Corey jump. <laughs> yeah, because every Tuesday I am just. I can't remember the last time I saw you drink a beer. <laughs> My four beers a year. <laughs> and they're all on a Tuesday. Uh, yep. But in London's infamous East End, namely the notorious neighborhood of Whitechapel, known now for the brutal slayings of Jack the Ripper. It's a good metal band. Whitechapel. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, Saws the Law. Kirk keeps bringing. Oh not supposed to use names oh yeah he keeps bringing it up <laughs> goat whore oh yeah i always like goat whore yeah they're pretty good yeah all right so drug use and drunkenness that we were talking about Whitechapel. Mm -hmm. drug use and drunkenness were only ways for eastenders to numb themselves to their cold reality things were especially rough for the women in these neighborhoods often homeless husbandless but certainly not childless these women would survive by whatever means were available to them i don't know about you but getting nailed in an alleyway by some asshole Westender who smells like a turkey leg and whatever weird shit they used to put in their greasy-ass hair just so they can <laughs> toss me a penny after they finish that I can now pay to some other sad sack so I can rent a box in their living room to look sleep in what appropriately looks like a coffin might nudge me a little toward alcoholism. That's right, because they, yes. they had those like sleeping arrangement things. Yep, they just had box lined up. or you, could you rent didn't want to be out at night, right? Yes, it was yeah. bad. Bad news. I, I've heard that. I have a disclaimer on the turkey leg. <laughs> I don't know what the hell English people eat. Not now, not in 18 whatever. I just assume that they all eat what I would order at a Renaissance fair. Uh, <laughs> slumming took on many forms, from the guilty pleasure tourists to those looking to partake in the drugs and anonymous sex themselves, and those with, and those with a more reformatory bent. More on reform in just a bit, but for now, let's stick to the gross all-around trash heap that is slumming. While the women of the 19th century Whitechapel and other East End neighborhoods had it arguably rougher than any other living thing on the planet, and their stories need to be told and remembered, they're all dead now. And I've got a lot of heavy shit to cram in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> Safe to say that none of these tales today will be getting their just desserts. My podcast eyes were bigger than my podcast stomach, and I'm too full. So someone be a deer and hold my hair back as I barf up what knowledge I can, and we'll sift through it together. On that note, Let's, oh, you're going to get an accent here. You ready? I can't wait. I've been working on it. Uh, on that note, let's leave those poor jack-toothed wretches in the gutters of Gin Alley and <laughs> up across the pond in what I hope was a... <laughs> what the fuck was that? It's English. Yeah. Up, up, up across the pond. All right, Jane Eddie, you go up across the pond. In what I hope was a suitably poor-sounding Whitechapel accent, and by poor, I mean... Without monies, not bad. <laughs> oh my God. A lot of poor people. Ah. On and over the pond to the outstretched arms of that great copper French lady. On to America. Welcome.
You've left dreary London behind, and your slumming tour of shithole 19th century Earth continues in the warm bosom of the greatest and most modest city to ever exist. A city that drops its torch only to lift its green dress to piss wine and shit gold. That's right. New York City. Oh, yeah. My favorite. We're here. Yeah. Have you ever been? Yes. Okay. Why? When I, uh, when I was, I believe I was nine, my neighbor at the time was going on a school trip, and she was a teacher, and she was chaperoning, and invited me because I was off school. So I got to go with a completely different school of kids I didn't know to New York City. I bet you there's a lot of fun. It was okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was well. It was '90s New York, so you got to see like some pretty salty shit. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go to Twin Towers, so that was that was pretty pretty neat. We uh, yeah we've gone, but not like it's just touristy. It's not for me. No, no, I don't. I don't like cities. <sighs> I get nervous driving. <laughs> oh yeah, fuck that. But uh, but on that nobody nobody was driving. Whenever this is, the horses were. <laughs> Well, they drive the horses. Okay, so, despite no lack of shit heels here in the great U.S. of A., slumming didn't really take off until we got a bit of a nudge from our English friends across the pond. I'm gonna is keep, this going to be I'm a, keep try- a, That's theme, the last time. a theme of shitty English accents? That's the last one. <clears throat> oh, that's awesome. Slumming as a pastime had been a go-to for decades in London by the time it began to take off in the U.S., Like a London society fashion trend catching fire in the Upper East Side, well-to-do Londoners spending their leisure time watching gay homeless sex naturally piqued the interest of Manhattan's most genteel, most prim, and most proper. A headline in 1884 in the New York Times heralded... You ready for this one? Yeah. This is the last accent. Okay. A headline in 1884 in the New York Times heralded, A fashionable London mania reaches New York. Slumming parties to be the rage this winter. I like that. That's that was pretty right. good. Like I could hear some fucking Jack Heel t- saying that on the radio. That was a long time ago. There, there was were, no radio then. There might have been. I don't know. Maybe they had the megaphone standing out on the corner. They were newsies. Reading. Yeah, yeah. That was a newsie telling other people to go. And they dance, right? Sing that, the no. songs. Newsies. It was a musical. What? This they weren't our... talking about that. Wait, that musical wasn't about slumming. No, I've been lied to my whole life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> So, slumming parties were going to be the rage all yes. winter. And they were. And not just that winter, but for decades. They didn't go away till World War II. People were still really? slumming. People just loved it. Like the, the whole notion of just, let's go look at poor, shitty people and have our way with not, them. Yeah, sort of. not all of them had the worst intentions. but as far, So, as far as New York... When I think of slumming in New York, mm-hmm. I think of the notorious neighborhood of Five Points. Yeah. Yep. And not because I know anything about Five Points, but because I've had less Christmases than I've than times I've watched Gangs in New York. And here <laughs> And here's what Gangs in New York taught me about slummers in Five Points. If you're a cop in Five Points in Five Points and you're acting as essentially an armed tour guide to New York's upper crust who want to get a glimpse at how the other half lives, and you've starred in both Step Brothers and Walk Hard, you can hang your pocket watch off of a telephone pole or a tree or whatever the fuck that post was, and nobody will give you any shit about it except for that Irish guy that played Mad-Eye Moody in Harry Potter. <laughs> so with that being all I know about five points... Instead of a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah, he was in it too. Yeah, oh, <clears throat> Brendan Gleeson. Oh, that's the uh, that's the barber, right? Or no, 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 no. Yeah. He was he was the barber. He's the one that had the he notched his. Yeah, that's right. Each yes. fight. Yep. Boy, getting in all those gangs. I did do a little reading. It's pretty wild. I bet that was a fucking wretched place. Oh boy. So instead of five points, we'll be heading to Chinatown, where residents didn't just lay down and take it when slummers came to gawk. Though, admittedly, that's exactly what some of the upper crust came to see. But but saw an opportunity to turn a profit, and like any good American, they did just that. Chinatown in New York at the turn of the century, a hundred years ago, as a tourist attraction, was a far and much more violent cry away from Chinatown today. There were a lot of moving parts that had to come together to transform the neighborhood around Doyer Street, just east of Five Points, into an opium-hazed blender of violence and desperation that would really get white tourists hard. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna get into a few Chinese names that you're gonna butcher, so try to avoid them. Okay. Well, uh, well <laughs> I can't let's wait start for the first one. Ah <clears throat> uh, Ken, 
a man with a name that, when spoken by an American, gave Mr. Ken the idea that the speaker was pleasantly surprised to see him, is considered the first official Chinese immigrant to Chinatown. Mr. Ken got his start most... Ah, Ken, I know him. <laughs> I see had, what I mean? I had to. I had to. And that poor bastard was quite confused by... <laughs> ah, Ken. What? What? The fuck do you want? Uh, so, Mr. Ken got his start most likely as a cigar man, peddling cigars at three cents a piece on the streets near City Hall. It's a but deal. It, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was probably a deal then, too. They had something I read described how they lit the cigars. Well, there was an oil lamp and something else. But I, <clears throat> I think a lot of them had an asbestos wick. I've heard of that. Old, old lighters. Oh, really? Yeah, like, I don't know if it was that old, but it, when asbestos was a big thing. People would light their cigars with an asbestos wick thing. No shit. Yes. So well, sorry. it sounds like these guys just had a lighter there. So you paid the three cents. They gave you they the just cigar. Lit it off this oil lamp. Uh, doesn't sound like they were very good. Probably not. Uh, so he's peddling him out front of City Hall. With his modest earnings, he eventually began running out space to other Chinese immigrants. Then earning enough dough to open up his Park Row smoke Park Row smoke shop, which was an early footprint for modern day Chinatown. Mr. Ken was by no means catalyst for what would become Chinatown. From the 19... Or for, oh, yeah. We just jumped ahead a century. Jesus. Fuck those 1800s. Who wrote this shit down? <laughs> From I'm, the, I'm <laughs> loving this slow motion train wreck that I'm watching. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it. This is good. This is good. From the 1850s on, when I read this to Mandy earlier mm-hmm. today, whoo, sounded good. Yeah. Uh, from the 1850s on... Chinese immigration was on the rise on both the East Coast and the West, but mostly the West. After the opium wars between China and Great Britain in the late 30s, and again in the mid to late 50s, 1850s, uh-huh. China was in debt up to her asshole, and a mass exodus began. A pun I didn't intend. Um, <laughs> the downtrodden leaving the country looking for work. After the discovery of gold in California in 1848, the West Coast became the go-to destination for those looking to strike it rich. Couple that with the undying admiration the Chinese have for Michael Bay, and it's no wonder that so many of them found themselves in Sacramento Valley, shovels in hand, ready to find their fortunes. Unfortunately, not many 19th century Californians were as thrilled with the Chinese as Michael Bay was. Despite... (laughs) Well, the CG wasn't as good back then, that's why. They loved Transformers. Uh, Despite only accounting for 0.002% of the nation's population, Mm -hmm. by 1882, President Chester A. Arthur, a president that I didn't know was ever a president, (laughs) but president... Wait, there's other ones from Lincoln and Washington, right? There's more presidents than that? Yes, Corey. What about Trump? Lincoln hasn't... (laughs) Goddamn Christ. (laughs) All All right. right. And... Uh oh well we haven't gotten that far yet. So this Chester A. Arthur guy, yes, he had had enough of these selfish Chinese stealing all our gold and signed into law the Chinese Exclusion Act. Essentially, this made Chinese immigration illegal, and they did it on my birthday. Oh, that's fitting. Yeah, that sounds right because I don't have anything against Chinese. Yeah, now suddenly I don't like the Chinese and you're yeah. a drunk. All right, <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> Essentially, this made Chinese immigration illegal. This, along with mining taxes on foreigners and just some pretty unfriendly folk in the Golden State, sent a lot of Chinese packing, some of which ended up on the East Coast, namely in a sweaty oasis in Lower Manhattan. Sounds delicious. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Probably they not. Get, well, we'll get into food in a minute. Oh, boy. Okay. Before I go way past the 10 minutes the story is supposed to be, let's get into American slumming. Okay. Because it was different. It will come as no surprise that American that Americans slum better than anyone else because we do everything better than anyone else, especially those pussies in England. <laughs> well, those uh, are, there, there go our there goes our one oh, English, English listeners. <laughs> like these fucking guys are assholes. You know, it's gonna get worse. Oh, uh, <laughs> great! All right. So while those Victorian dandies did their slumming in the relative safety of the Whitechapel streets. We Americans would barge right through the front doors of the residents of Chinatown to see what these degenerates were really up to, assuming they had doors. That's right. Some of the most, some of the more fortunate who found themselves parading through Chinatown 
felt they had every right to enter a residence unannounced and unwanted. Some of these slummers partook of the practice under the guise of missionary work, and others simply partook well in disguise. It wasn't unusual for weekend slummers to don neighborhood-appropriate garb, makeup, paints, etc., to blend in like amateur spies. Big, white, tall, mustachioed spies, blending in flawlessly among short, smooth-faced Chinese men. And like I said, some folks were traveling... Oh, some folks were traveling in neighborhoods out of the goodness of their hearts. Missionary work... Yeah, it did. It they, did they, actually happen. There was good people yes. trying to better things. Mm-hmm. All right, but that's not as fun. <laughs> that's and not you already as, talked about missionaries. I know. I already got talked about down. The, <laughs> well, what the fuck? <laughs> that was a hard thing. To yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, missionary work did happen. One of the arguments in favor of slumming was that it brought to light social injustices and unbearing living conditions, leading to reforms that may never have come about had these areas just been ignored. This is an episode of Tough Shit, not some youth group podcast, and we're not going to learn anything about going on about flowers and rainbows. So, instead, let's explore how some Chinatown residents adapted to a shit garbage situation and ended up duping the very people who were there to take advantage of them. It's all very twisty and turny. Yes, this has got a lot of a lot of moving parts. I know. A lot of, a lot of stuff so going on. Much I can imagine that, that, well, the whole slumming thing, I had never knew that this was a, this was a, a practice. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I'd heard the term, but I didn't oh, yeah. know the backstory, so I'm, I'm digging it. Very twisty. All <clears throat> sorts of stuff going on. Yes. Anyway, yes. Slummers were an invasive, unwelcome, uninformed group of people who paid little to no respect to the people of Chinatown. Doubtless, residents there didn't appreciate being gawked at, their homes being trounced through, or being made light of for some rich asshole's entertainment. But if you're going to get fucked, you might as well get paid for it. So... <laughs> Here is where the tourism part comes of slum that's, tourism. That's your epitaph, right? <laughs> You're going to get fucked. You might as well get paid for it. Oh, my God. That's fun. If I die first, will you put that on there? Absolutely. Sweet. You got it. <laughs> so here's where the tourism part comes of slum tourism. All right. Slummers slummed for a reason. And that reason was to be thrilled. Like an adrenaline junkie bored with normal day-to-day life, they needed more. But instead of cliff diving or bungee jumping, it was more like watching a bunch of Chinese shoot each other in the street over a bowl of less-than-authentic chop suey. (laughs) These people wanted shootouts. They wanted blood. Maybe a few minutes with an opium-addled prostitute. They wanted danger. And when they ventured into Chinatown, that's what they got. Only, maybe not all of it was real. Oh, a little theater. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This was great. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. So I encourage anybody to read more about this because it was a lot of fun. Is there about. any book in particular you got? I this? No, this is completely Just on the online. Internet. Oh, yeah. Because right. I thought it was going to be simple. Yeah. I, well, I could see how you could just go There's a on. lot more Yeah. yeah. That, that I didn't cover. So maybe not all of it was real. Facts are facts. And these poorly disguised ding-dongs had money, and those living in the slums of New York did not. That bullet chop suey that I mentioned? Yes. Yeah, that's not the real stuff. That's, I, I've, I've heard that. Yeah. It's an American dish. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. yes. Yeah, this Italian guy made it out back. <laughs> so, oh, or did you get it next door? He's Jewish, but he's just trying to survive. And that's true. Hey, what works. Yeah. That poor Chinese bastard you just saw shot in cold blood, dying in the mud and shit. Screaming incomprehensible obscenities? Yep, he's fine. He's probably back home by now playing Pong Hoi Ki. I don't know how to pronounce that, <laughs> but it's a real game. Yeah, he's playing us, it. us butchering foreign languages oh, and name. Boy, <laughs> I, I had to really cool it down. I, I had to watch YouTube videos on some of the pronunciations of the uh, the islands and things like that. Oh, I'm sure. Because you look at it, and I kept referring to like, oh, it's this. It's like, no, it isn't. It's completely fucking different. Well, I was right in that, and I started getting, I'm like, I don't know what Chinese people play at home. So that was like the first board game I found. <laughs> but I think I got it pretty close. Yeah, so they were playing. All right, Bung Ao Ki. Nailed it. <laughs> fucking nailed it. <laughs> so he's playing that with his kids. Yes. Because he, he faked it. He faked it. He's a liar. He's not dead. I'd That's want, right. I'd want a refund. A good bit of what Slummers took at face value was really just an elaborate show put on to keep these Mr. Magoo-looking ATMs coming back for more and spending all they could while they were at it. 
Some, especially industrious folks, even style themselves as tour guides to lead slummers through all the juiciest spots for a night of danger and excitement. A well-timed tour may pass by an open alleyway to witness a man pursued by an angry gang of hatchet-wielding foes, only for him to disappear down a trap door and escape, maybe under their very feet. Like Kung Fu Hustle. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which, if they had at home, they wouldn't have gone... They wouldn't have had had to do this. They could have just watched that. Yeah. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) A brush with death like that one may leave you feeling a little on edge. Maybe a quick stop across the street to this black's opium den? Mm. Mm. Those Chinese men be looking look to be dealing with all this danger pretty well through the haze of smoke. Oh, that one seems to be trailing his fingers down the side of that white prostitute. For shame! Maybe on second thought we'll continue on. Hurry, we must catch back up with our guide. And a good thing, too. Well, the ruse may have been up. That was an opium they were smoking, and that woman wasn't a whore. In fact, that Chinese man was an actor and secretly married to her. But don't feel bad. Your group wasn't the first one to fall for that act tonight. Now, this isn't all to say that Chinatown wasn't a violent, dirty, deadly, depressing... But if you could make money off it, why the fuck not? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I know you gotta admire him a little bit. That would be like that would be like someone coming to our town and be like, uh, I want to see a real farmer. And you and me out there... (laughs) oh like, yeah I pretending told, to milk a dalmatian i told you you know <laughs> like it's a cow i told you i dress like a farmer we, i do i, I don't want to yeah anybody, nope yeah anyway it's a certain type of shoe all right <laughs> where the hell was i now this isn't to say that all chinatown wasn't a violent dirty deadly depressing place with a bad opium habit it was and man you could do a lot just talking about opium Whew. Yeah, I think that was a really big problem. Really big problem. Wild shit. Yeah. I keep thinking about what those places smelled like. Killed Johnny Depp? Opium? What the hell did he die of in opium? What was that? Was it from hell? Or no? Oh! Wasn't he addicted to opium in that one? I spent a whole day reading about Jack the Ripper. And finally uh-huh. had to stop. Because, yeah. From <laughs> hell, that was a good movie. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> If you haven't figured out, we're fucking dorks. (laughs) But there's a reason slummers were... Okay, yeah. So it it was bad. Yeah. Obviously, it was bad. It wasn't all fake. I mean, there's a reason that slummers were drawn there in the first place. But what I'm saying is that you have to admire the gumption of some of these survivors. They made the best of their circumstances in some very creative ways. Just like performance artists of today, they were poor and they performed when nobody really asked them to. But at least these guys were making some money. To live a life that sounds so awful and alien that people pay money to travel to where you are and watch you not kill yourself over it requires an absurd amount of survivability, life force, I don't even know. (laughs) My hat's off to anyone whose reality this was for however long they made it. And my my hat back on to anyone whose idea of a good time was to try and take advantage of them. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Yeah, really rough. Glad, I, glad I didn't have to experience that on the uh, day-to-day. Well, I had to read and about I, it. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It was I'm sorry if your psyche couldn't handle it. It just made his stomach hurt. Yeah. A lot. So, that's it. That's okay. slimming. That's all of it. I've single-handedly covered the entire subject in probably more than 10 minutes. Actually, I haven't even scratched the surface. This is good. We got. I could have done a whole story on opium dens or Chinese tongs. I'd probably pronounce that. They're, that's their gangs. And like oh, all the real street fights the and thing turf wars. Flip steak over on the grill with. No. Jesus, Corey. Oh. Anyway. Or Chuck Connors, the tour guide extraordinaire and self proclaimed mayor of Chinatown, naturally a white guy. Or even oh, Tom. Yeah. yeah. Thomas Mott Osborne, the prison reformist who would disguise himself and intentionally get arrested to experience real prison conditions. Wow. That was a wild story. Hmm. But we'll end there. Maybe we'll visit them in the future. For now, I feel gross. This has been a gross subject. I thought vacations were supposed to be fun. Thanks for listening to my story. And don't <laughs> stare at poor people. Yeah. The- God damn. That's, uh, that's quite the tale. I, I didn't know the extent. I did I didn't not either. know any of that. The, so when I was trying to find a story, um, I don't know how I got into this, but I, somewhere I was reading like extreme tourism and all this stuff. Yeah. And somebody talking about ghetto tourism. Mm-hmm. So immediately I'm like, perfect. Yeah. That's it. Going to do it. And then you, it'll redirect you. To, 
slum tourism. Oh, God, even better. And then I started reading about real slum tourism, mm-hmm. like now. Wait, oh, oh really? it is gross. Uh, I just felt awful. That's kind of on that like dark tourism kind of sort of thing. But it's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. People going to a third world country, not necessarily to, and there's still the same Ben, like they're not going there to poke them with sticks and. Well, I mean, they're not poking them with sticks, but like there's that same argument that like, well, if we don't go and we don't look at them, like nobody's going to know. Yeah, if, if they're not seen but, sort of thing. And, yeah. I, and I agree, uh, but it's definitely a lot of going to gawk. It's that idea yeah. of the very well-to-do going to, I don't know, reinforce like, geez, I do got it real good. But it, it was it was sad and gross, and that's why I had to do something in the past because at least all these fuckers are dead. <laughs> So you can talk shit in a, yes. in a shitty English accent. Oh, what you're going to do about it? You know, there's still English people alive. Oh, today. shit. <laughs> a lot of them. I thought the plague killed them all off. Uh, no, no. So, yeah, that's slumming. That's amazing. And I, it, I'm, I'm glad I was educated on that. It was, I mean, I guess it was tougher for the people that they were going to, you know, stare at than it was for the yeah, I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't like that. No. People come into my town to just watch me be poor and you know whore around. But boy, yeah, and and that's the other thing they talk about why it started to disappear like around World War II was um, suburbs. Yeah, were out of the cities. getting out of the cities. Yeah, and uh, TV. Oh yeah, because that makes we sense. We don't have to go. We don't to have poor to. neighborhoods because <laughs> yeah. I can just watch the wire if I wanted. And you if know? you want to see people at Walmart, you can get online. Exactly, we can do everything from home. Yes, now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of how it disappeared. But yeah, pretty pretty fascinating. That's subject. pretty wild. That's I really, uh, that sounds wretched. I enjoyed reading about it. But it smelled part. horrible. Oh Jesus. Uh well, I think that uh, that's our stories. That covers vacation that's entirely. vacation so yeah the next All time you're uh having a bad vacation you could maybe keep one of these tales in mind somebody could kick your fucking door in and watch you eat yeah just because <laughs> yeah you're a poor person i've come over here and watched you eat though see i watch you eat through your window oh oh you don't know that that was part of the fun damn it I gotta stop eating at the window. <laughs> Standing at the window yeah. eating. Table's not yeah. even near the window. <laughs> like I go out of my way. Uh, shit. Uh, so we're gonna try. I know we talked about this earlier. We're gonna try and do an episode every two weeks. Yeah, every two weeks. It might be three. Um, but yeah, we both have full time jobs and all that, so we do this on the side and we love it and it's fun. But yeah, every two weeks we're gonna try to get everyone an episode out and. Uh, Try to keep you somewhat up to date. Like I said, we got the uh, Instagram now, so if you want to check that out, it's TS Podcast Official. I already forgot. I'm sure you did, considering uh, you don't have Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for you. Yeah, no one would, would be you if it was talking to yourself. Yep. If your, I did a podcast uh, at home by myself, it would be for Mandy, and <laughs> that's about yeah. it. Yeah. And I already talked to her anyway. Yeah. So we were just. You talk to be... yourself in the car. Yes. Do you? Yeah. 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 I've, I've... In the morning. Uh huh. Not in the afternoon. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that, especially just now doing the whole this thing. Getting more yeah. comfortable with it. Yeah. Yep. And like all reading through this, believe it or not, whoo, it sounded really good when I was by myself. Uh huh. Like I got kind of used to just talking to myself, and so yeah, I'd do it in the car. Regular sometimes. old thespians here. What's a thespian? I think it's like an actor, talker, person. Yeah, I think that's okay. Yeah. A performer. Like Shakespeare. Yes. Yeah. You shake your spirit every thespian you see. Oh! (laughs) Because I'm a pervert. That's right. (laughs) Shit. Uh, Are you ready to end this? Yeah, well, before we send this down a corny rabbit hole of shit, so we'll we'll call it an afternoon. Oh, what were you going to say? Oh, the poop thing it made me think about i uh i pooped next to some railroad tracks the other day oh that work how, well, how's that tie into vacation because you said that i'm uncomfortable <laughs> pooping outside <laughs> earlier well and, and I, I wanted to well so you're breaking yourself after your your horrible experience of pooping on your hand you well 
I had poop really bad. And that was really my only option. So, yeah. I shit next to some railroad tracks. Tuesday? So, yeah. There well, is hooey to you, Corey. Oh, well, okay. Speaking of stinky things, keep your ears out for episode three. Ooh, what's it going to be? I don't know. I just Why'd gave a little hint. That's, that's the point. Of oh, it. all right. That's, gonna, that's we, the hint. Okay. leading people on. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. We'll All right. see everybody in two weeks. That's we it. won't see you, but you'll hear us in two weeks. You'll hear us, hopefully, uh, provided neither of us get the COVID. Mm, yeah, hopefully not. I don't Probably know. Probably not. We can we'll be all right. Do it Maybe. remotely. Knock on wood. I'll put you on the other side of the door. Oh. Because that won't be awkward Yeah, you can shit. just run the cord underneath <laughs> the door. I can run the cord. Make you sit in the closet of the other room <laughs> with a microphone. No lights. Like, <laughs> Oh, shit. No, we'll be fine. We'll see everybody in a couple weeks. Yes, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Having fun. We'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.